Hello and welcome to another edition of The Crude Report. This is a regular podcast coming to you from Argus Media. My name is James Gooder. I'm a VP for Crude in Europe and Africa. And I'm joined today by Tom Reed, who's the editor of Argus China Petroleum and our expert on all things China and crude and products markets. Thanks for joining me, Tom. Hey, James. Good to have you with us. Um, we recorded this, I should say, in the interest of full disclosure. We recorded a podcast uh, around a week ago, and it was all ready to go, but then everything changed, as everything does in China. So uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about some of the new tax rules that have really shaken things up. We heard about these on Friday, right, the 14th. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that is obviously how I like to end my weeks, my Friday evenings, interpreting the runes uh, put out by the Communist Party on the new tax system in China. This is the big news, obviously, that from mid-June, China is going to apply a consumption tax uh, on a range of blending components at a similar rate uh, to those it already applies to finished uh, road fuel gasoline and diesel. So around $40 a barrel, essentially, for gasoline and diesel. Chunky, chunky tax. And this is a potentially really disruptive uh, move. Um, We're talking about close to a million barrels a day of uh, trade. Uh, You know, that breaks down to uh, about 370,000 barrels per day of trade in light cycle oil and diluted bitumen uh, and mixed aromatics. Now, these are some niche, niche sounding products, but they have become very, very central uh, to the way China's uh, road fuel market operates. How so? Well, so refiners in South Korea last year found that they didn't they didn't have an outlet for all of their light cycle oil, which is intermediate product, uh, quite often used as cutter stock for, uh, for, for bunkers. Uh, and they began sending it to China. And the reason they did this was that when the bottom fell out of the crude market in April last year, uh, China set a floor price as a pump for gasoline and diesel, which ensured a huge refining margin. So that the, the price difference between gas oil in Singapore and gas oil in China blew out to about $30 a barrel. Uh, mm. and, and Chinese uh, product traders could obviously pay a lot more for light cycle oil, which they could blend with jet, which of course no one needed because uh, no one was flying, uh, to produce a kind of off-spec gas oil. And you get a lot of blenders and trading companies in China selling this blended gas oil uh, at a price which significantly undercuts the refinery gate price of conventional fuel. And Sinopec, the world's largest refiner and obviously a national oil champion in China has been uh, cutting up pretty rough about this, not been happy. They've been losing a lot of market share to this uh, cheap uh, fuel. They began lobbying the government uh, in March, just before China's annual National People's Congress met, uh, to try and get the tax rules around this change. They wanted essentially LCO, like cycle oil, uh, used to produce gas oil, and mixed aromatics, uh, basically refinement, used to produce gasoline, to be taxed at an equivalent rate to level the playing field, which, you know, it's a you know, reasonable position for them to take. Rumours of this tax began circulating in the market in April. There was a rumour that it was going to be introduced at the start of May. So cue a little bit of panic, you know. And then, then a lot of people at the same time are saying, this lead time is too short. No way can they organise this you know, revolutionary attacks move in such a short space of time. Indeed, they didn't. It didn't come in uh, on the 1st of, of May. But they have announced that it will come in in mid-June. 
Wow. So uh, this is clearly good for Cinepec, right? They've got what they've been lobbying for. But who's losing out? Well, that's a very good question, because they have a, a saying, a phrase in China, the state advances and the private sector retreats, which is, I think, to a certain extent, what we're kind of seeing here. Uh, what is good for Cinepec is going to uh, really hammer those blending and trading companies that were making handsome profits from producing uh, road fuels from blending tanks. Another really important thing that's happening uh, is that in addition to taxing those which are used to produce road fuels, the government's also announced that it's going to tax a product called diluted bitumen uh, at the same rate that it currently taxes fuel oil. Diluted bitumen in China, when it arrives in China from largely storage tanks in Malaysia, is, is actually heavy, sour, crude. Uh, and so far, and historically, it's been imported under the name of diluted bitumen by independent refiners. Uh, and what that means is that if they're importing diluted bitumen for, as refinery feedstock uh, as a product, it's not eating away at these refiners' crude import quotas because it's coming in as a product. Uh, so this is another sort of salvo that has been fired essentially at the private sector as a result of these tax changes from the mid-June. The diluted bitumen will be taxed at $30 a barrel. No one will pay $30 a barrel tax on a refining feedstock. Uh, so that is going to uh, be a very disruptive factor in the market, in particular in Shandong, which is a big bitumen producing country. Absolutely. Um, and what does it mean for the kinds of crude that China will be importing? Well, it does raise some really interesting questions. China is a big bitumen producer. It has a huge road building agenda. A lot of the bitumen it produces comes out of Shandong. So they are, you know, presumably going to need some uh, heavy, sour crude. I think one of the things that's going to be really interesting is, is how much more competitive this is going to make alternative sources of heavy, sour crude in China. You know, hitherto, grades like Canadian Cold Lake or Iraqi Basra Heavy or Colombian Castilla Blend. You know, these have struggled to compete on price in the Chinese market because the diluted bitumen, which is often Marais, Venezuelan Marais, uh, tends to price at very, very deep discounts to futures. And that does mean that other grades will struggle to price in into the market. So I think, you know, th there is going to be, again, a leveling of that playing field. But I think in, on a you know, net, what we're looking at is potentially a drop in imports of, of heavy, sour crude. Interesting. I mean, a lot has changed since we last spoke about this stuff. Um, like how, how did the market look last week? I, mean, I, I seem to remember you were telling me that uh, there was more sweet crude was, was in demand, uh, particularly in the uh, independent refiners, and they were burning through their quotas, hoping for repeating of quotas for the coming year. What was the situation there? That was true a week ago. We saw uh, the independent refiners come back into the market with a vengeance for sweet crude. You know, there was a lot of latent pent up demand there, which which kicked in. We saw uh, trade in Brazilian pre-salt crude uh, in April rise to about 900,000 barrels a day. A lot of that be arriving in, in July. This is obviously this is kind of knocked that sideways. A lot of refiners in China now are looking at the economics of, of, of crude imports going forward. But I think. Somewhat, what's happening in parallel with this, this tax change is the government has also decided to crack down on the reselling, the trading of crude import quotas. The crude import quota in China has become essentially a fungible asset. And, you know, if you are running your refinery hard, you can you have 
to date been able to buy a quota from someone who's not running their refinery very hard. And the government now wants to crack down on that. That's going to have some quite uh, interesting implications for Chinese imports of Iranian crude. I think it's very possible that we will see uh, the amount of Iranian crude being cleared through Chinese customs by uh, refiners uh, on behalf of other companies uh, really, really come down from the very high levels that we have seen uh, in the market this year. And those really, really high inflows of Iranian crude have proved terribly disruptive to sweet crude markets. You know, they hit sweet crude markets. They didn't hit sour crude markets and they priced into Shandong. So if that flow chokes off, we could potentially see uh, that Iranian crude backed out again from the Chinese market. And given how central China is to everything in these markets that we look at, is it possible then that we will see a kind of further opening up in the spreads between light and heavy as the market is starting to digest the extra OPEC medium and heavy crude coming back, China perhaps taking less Iranian crude, leaving that kind of backed out in a market that's not necessarily able to take it. Do you think uh, we'll start to see those spreads open up further? I mean, those sweet sour spreads have been have been extremely high uh, to the point now that in the Chinese market, we have Lula pricing around a dollar fifty over futures. And we have uh, Oman, which is perfectly good crude, you know, uh, but sour uh, pricing to 10 cents over futures. And I, I think if the Iranian crude is backed out of uh, at the Chinese market, that is going to probably support prices for sweet crude because that has been displacing a lot of those Atlantic Basin imports. Fascinating stuff. Um, so in terms of uh, the product demand in China, how's that looking? And are these tax changes likely to ex- to affect the way the products are consumed? Yeah, well, I mean, product demand in China has actually been really quite healthy, which I mean, and I think hopefully, you know, this it is the, maybe the template for, way, for the way that other economies are going to emerge from COVID. And we've seen certainly the, the tourism data over the latest Chinese public holidays actually uh, rise back to 2019 levels. So, you know, that 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 amount of activity and, and with all the implications for economic output uh, are sending quite positive signals. I think if, if, if the uh, blended fuels get shut out of the Chinese market by these tax changes, then you would obviously potentially put a lot of upward price pressure on the product market. I think you could see domestic prices rise. I think you could see Chinese exports of clean fuel fall. And it's interesting that this is coming at a time when, as countries emerge from lockdown, we are seeing inflation kind of creep back onto the political uh, agenda. We're seeing central banks getting getting more pressure to, to kind of look at, at ways of containing inflation rates. It was interesting that the uh, U.S. inflation data, which was really seen as, as pretty bearish for oil markets, actually was matched by an inflation rate in China uh, of 9% in, in, in the latest uh, reporting period for April. So I, th- I think tightening product supplies is definitely Going to, going to fuel uh, inflation in, in the Chinese market. Indeed, and perhaps uh, support products prices in other markets if China is uh, yeah. exporting less. Well, fascinating roundup. Thanks very much, Tom. Hopefully not too much will change again before this is broadcast tomorrow. Thursday, uh, the 18th. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and we will have further updates as things go along. So these, these changes are coming in, in in June. So a lot to watch out for. So that's it. Thanks very much for uh, tuning into the Crude Report. Uh, this has been James Gooder and Tom Reed. Uh, do look out for the next edition of the August China Petroleum Report, in which all will be revealed. Thanks again for listening. Thanks, James. 